This is another session of PhDivas. I'm Dr. Wayne. And I'm Dr. Zain Yao. And we are a podcast that's dedicated to the STEM humanities divide. Cross-cultural. The STEM humanities divide. <laughs> so Not maintaining it. There's a reason why Zine never lets me do, or I okay. always make her do the introduction. No, no. We are a podcast dedicated to bridging the STEM and humanities divide. Yes, yes. And we are awesome on a weekly basis. What we do when we're not on the podcast is none of your business. Actually, it is. I'm happy to <laughs> well, tell you about that. About That's so weird. Work, yeah. We do. Yeah, we're just sleeping a lot. Anyway, I don't know what kind of mood I'm in today. It's just really weird. Um, but I am super excited about our guests for this podcast. We have Brianda Beverly with us. Yay! Yay. Brianda is a medical laboratory scientist, and she's also the creator of Fly Science. And so we're super excited to talk about her, um, to figure out what being a medical laboratory scientist actually is, and then figuring out a little bit more about what Fly Science is and, and talking about those cool YouTube videos. So welcome to the podcast, Brianda. We're so happy to be here. I'm really excited. Yay! I know, and I feel like you are in a special club, not only because of all the cool things you do, but because you have two first names. Everybody says right? that. Right? I haven't they do? in a while. Yeah. But I've only known <laughs> it as a last name. <laughs> okay, fair enough, but I was literally going to call you Beverly for a second. I'm like, no, I just said Brianna Beverly. Today I'm special. So... Very, very special. Oh, wait. I, I used to get that when I lived in Louisiana. <gasps> You're yeah. from Louisiana? I lived in, like, seven different states. I'm an Army kid. <laughs> mm, I, okay, I was born in Jonesboro, and I grew up in Bastrop and Monroe, so northern Louisiana. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I lived in Slidell. Okay. <gasps> I had an uncle who lived in Slidell. <laughs> I loved it. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm last week you and the guest had a Canadian connection so let me have this Louisiana you can have your self connection <laughs> enjoy it if you just need some catharsis just just go for it thank you you're so gracious culture I love this so Brianda why don't you start off and tell us what do you do and why okay so I don't actually work as a laboratory scientist right now um mm-hmm. I work at a toxicology laboratory and I do drug testing, so I extract drugs from urine all day. (laughs) That sounds wonderful and pleasant. (laughs) Very fragrancy. Oh my gosh. It sounds intense and like there's a lot of responsibility involved. Well, not as much Mm. as if I were to be um, working in an actual hospital as a medical laboratory scientist, they're the people that, Mm. um, if you get your blood drawn, urine sample, phlegm, anything from any liquids, and you know how on Grey's Anatomy or ER, they're like, hand me the lab. (laughs) I'm the person that produces the labs. Okay. That's awesome, putting a name to the face. Why don't you tell me about why you and why you wanted to do this? How did you get interested in this field? I always loved the human body. I remember getting mm-hmm. a kid's discovery magazine when I was little, and it had the skeleton on the front, and I read mm-hmm. through it like three times, like so many times. <laughs> it was so intriguing to me, and that's where I learned that you can't really be flexible. Like it's, <laughs> Wait, I mean, what? not flexible. I mean, double jointed. Like, sorry, double jointed. Because oh, you know when okay. you're a kid, everybody's like, "I'm double jointed." Oh yeah. <laughs> you're just like, "This is the cool things I could do with my body." Yeah. And so I would those go to the school days. and be like, "Actually, you can't. You're actually just really flexible." And I would. Oh crush. my god, you were the actually kid. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> the actually and the basically kid. This is great. You're going to fit right in bombs. here. Oh, they would hate me so much. <laughs> but yeah, so I went through school and um, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do when I was an undergrad. I just knew I loved science and I just wanted to do anything within the laboratory. And What do you study in undergrad? Biology. Hmm. And uh, I found out about it used to be called medtech and i found out about it i found out you could be in the hospital 
but you don't have to interact with patients and it was being cool <laughs> and you're in the lab you're in the lab all day so I was like oh this is mm-hmm. a cool thing and then I got into it got into the program and it was a very very hard program to go to go through it was it was incredibly why was it hard um you're learning about I want to say three years worth of material in a year wow um it was Mm. seven to four Monday through Friday no pay and seven to about two o'clock you're in lab and then two to four you're you're in lecture and your lectures may not be the same as your lab so when I got in there I was in chemistry lecture but I was in microbiology lab so I was learning two different subjects at the same time and having tests mm. every day and it was crazy and they're not really related no oh yeah no no how many people were in the program like what's what was the culture like um so I went to um a program in northern Virginia Northern Virginia is very, very diverse. So I would go to the hospital every day and there's people from all different backgrounds, all different cultures, Asian, Asian culture, you know, Middle Eastern culture, American culture, all different types every day. And it was pretty cool. It's really, really diverse. It was cool to be in that type of environment, but also kind of, there was five girls and I was the only one born in America, I think. Yeah. Wow. What was that like? It's mostly international students or like immigrants? I guess yeah. recent immigrants. Um, most um. Okay, so there was a girl from Iran. She was older than us. Um, she already had her degree and she had a family. Um, and then there was a girl from Vietnam. She was also older, a little bit older, but she had just finished her degree. And there's a girl from India. I think she had came there 10 years prior. And a girl from Pakistan. And she had came there um, about five years prior, I think. And they all went through, they all went through um, American schools, so. Yeah, so I would go. So this is for training to be a medical laboratory scientist. This is the actual training yeah, that program. Yeah, year, so it was only five students. Okay, and how many? How long is the program? It was one year. Okay, is there any advice that you would have for anybody who would like to do this path? Yes, I would recommend not going to a year program. <laughs> so just for your you own... went through it you survived to tell the tale and warn other people about it basically <laughs> for your own sanity just don't do that there are look up research do your research there are plenty of programs um, actually it is the funding for the programs are kind of I went through a hospital I didn't go through a school so if you go through a school setting you will be able to have room and board, you know, you, you're paying through the school's tuition and you'll be able mm-hmm. to have financial aid and insurance, you keep your insurance. Those are kind of things that you have to think about when you're going through this. I had already graduated. I graduated a semester early and I could have still gone through and got two- An undergrad, you graduated undergrad a semester yeah. early. Okay. And I could have went through my school to get two degrees. I could have got a bio degree and a med tech degree, but I mm-hmm. was ready to get out of school. So, <laughs> so I had to that's something we don't understand. <laughs> so I had to um, get an apartment up there, and I don't know if you guys know anything about Northern Virginia, but no, I don't. It's very expensive. It's it has oh is that close to DMV yeah, area yeah, yeah, yeah. where you're what you're talking yeah. about it was in Fairfax Falls okay. Church area mm-hmm. um it's near the capital zone near the what sorry it's near the capital so it's very expensive oh okay. yeah okay near DC so it's sort of like a sleeper community type thing it's where um startup people that have their own companies are living there you know senators like oh, people okay. commute to DC to they live 
in that area. Very, very rich. Very mm. old money. There's castles out there if you get, if you get lost. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> out there. It's crazy. It's like, it's crazy. Um, I lived in Falls Church, and it was the richest county, I think, in 2014 in, a, in the United mm. States. So that can be very wow. a difficult place to live as a student. Yes, it really is because rent there, my rent, I didn't have a room. I just had basically a studio apartment, and it was $950 a month. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so if, but if I would have stayed in school, I could have stayed on campus and stuff like that. So those are things you have to think mm. about when you're going through. But as far as learning and the content that you're learning, it'd be best to go through a two-year program and there's plenty and then there's also mm-hmm. programs that will pay you to go through there's programs that you can sign to work with that hospital for three years and they'll pay for your schooling so there's mm-hmm. other options yeah. but i would just recommend not doing a one year <laughs> just for okay yourself. do you feel like the advantage of going through the hospital is that it helps to get you professionalized more quickly because like you're sort of working in the industry right away um yeah for the thing is they prepare you for working in their hospital not necessarily all hospitals like you're you're prepared for working with their instruments that they have and you may go to another hospital they don't even have those instruments so that's the Mm. only thing but the knowledge that you learn is universal Hmm. i think this is a really interesting um, conversation because both Zion and I did advanced degrees and in a way I think we this is our profession but there's a way in which what we did wasn't necessarily professional um, like a professional track and I'm curious um, when you were leaving undergrad and maybe you were thinking about what programs I should do next whether you should try to continue either going to a four-year medical pro degree, um, so getting an MD or even a PhD or trying to do what it seems like you did was or are thinking about doing is then getting a degree that would give you further access into or more direct access to um, a job. And so I'm kind of curious if you could just tell us about what that process was like and why you decided the path that you chose if you were thinking of another path. Yeah, so... When I was in undergrad, I knew I wanted to be, I knew I wanted to work in a lab. I just didn't know how. Um, I did an internship at that same hospital my junior year. And then I, I also didn't want to get a master's or a PhD. So I just wanted to graduate college and get a job. But then the rumor was around campus was that you can't get a job with just a bio degree. So Mm -hmm. then I had to figure out, well, you know, how can I, how can I go straight into a job? Um, I did another internship at Delaware State University, and that's when I was like, I want my PhD, but my grades weren't, yeah, because I was around PhD, people that were getting their PhDs and their masters, and I wasn't around that before then. And this was the summer mm-hmm. before my last semester of school. So I'm like, okay, I went through, you know, three years and my grades suck. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, w- I can't get into med school because my grades suck. And I probably can't get into a master's or a PhD program. So then I, I found this med tech thing. And I found out, I also, when I went to the guidance counselor to, um, see what I can do to get into the med tech program, that's when I found out I could mm-hmm. graduate early. And I was like, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, the thing was to get into this med tech program and get a job just in case I couldn't get into a master's degree or a PhD program. So basically it was a plan B. I set myself mm-hmm. up. I set myself up so that if I failed at anything else, I always have that med tech certification in my back pocket, and I could always do that. Yeah, it's really practical. Yeah. 
And if we could, can we go back to, you said a lot of very interesting things. And one thing that I heard you say was that you felt, so either you were told by other people, I'm guessing older classmates, but there was this impression that you couldn't get a job with only a bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. So where is that coming from? Um, it was just, it was, it was my, you know, my classmates, my colleagues, they were just like, you can't, you can't do anything. You better go get your master's. You better try to get into med schools because you can't do anything with a bachelor's. But if you were to get a chemistry degree, it was told to me that you're automatically a chemist and you can get all these jobs. So that's, that was just the rumor that was going around. But as I went through the med tech degree program, I mean the med tech certification program, um, we did a um, three weeks at Quest Diagnostics. I don't know if you guys know what that is, Quest. Mm -mm. Have no. you guys ever, your labs, if you went somewhere where your hospital couldn't do your labs, they send it out, they probably send it out to Quest. Oh, okay. I know about that about campus health because I always get these bills from LabCorp yeah. or like some other company when I got a yeah, test. Yeah, so we did yeah. Quest and most of the people there did not have their certification. They were straight from undergrad. They just had a bio degree and I was so upset. Hmm. <laughs> mm. There are options. It just depends on what what mm -hmm. what you want to do. So if you want to teach, you can do that. Um, if you just want to be yeah. a lab tech, you can do that too. It was just, that yeah. was just the rumor that I had when I was going through undergrad. No, I think there's some truth behind that. And Zion, I think this is kind of interesting. Um, maybe for you, um, Zion has a PhD in English literature, or is it just English? PhD in English. and oh, English literature. English literature. <laughs> Sorry. And... Um, in our previous podcast, we've talked about the difficulty or how difficult it is to get a job after you finish your PhD. Um, and I think that the STEM, on some levels, it looks like they're like everyone who has a STEM degree is going to get a job. And I think that within the STEM fields, there is a hierarchy of which degrees are valuable and which ones mm -hmm. aren't, and which ones will get you jobs and which ones it could be a way harder sell to get a job. And I think biology is definitely one of those jobs or one of those degrees that it can often be a harder sell. And especially, and everything is so temporal. So a lot of people were doing bio degrees because probably 10 years ago, that was fine. Um, if you were gonna go to med school, people would get a bio degree. And now I hear people being told, don't do biology as a, if you're gonna to go to med school, it makes you look boring and everyone's done it and it's kind of played out. And so people are going away from getting a bio degree, you know, for that reason, because everyone's doing it now. And, you know, like we're on to like computer science and chemical engineering, chemists rule the world right now. They really can mm. get a job wherever they want because they can make polymers and, um, Phew, my sister is studying chemistry right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so there's definitely a hierarchy. And so I think, Brianna, some of the things you're talking about with biology is very real. It's not just in your head. <laughs> there's definitely an unfortunate, there's a hierarchy that happens. And another thing I wanted to ask you about was um, you said that once you got in the presence of people who had PhDs, you all of a sudden kind of thought you could yeah. do it, right? And I'm kind of curious if you had met people, if you had had more exposure to um, research earlier on, do you think that would have impacted where you saw your Most career definitely. going or your, your options afterward, after grad, after undergrad? Yeah, sorry. A lot. Um, you know, um, in, down here there is, National National Society of Black Engineers, NSBE. You guys know about that? Yeah. Okay. They do have some things. Um, I live in Richmond, Virginia, so there are some chapters in some of the high schools down here, but I didn't know about any of them. And I knew if I would have been in that in high school and saw the opportunities that you, what you can do with whatever degree you choose in, in the STEM fields, then I probably would have made smarter choices. Like I probably would have done more in my summers than 
you know, for two summers, I just went to go to work instead of doing research. And I'm kind of, you know, it kind of, you know, and I, I think it just it just sets you back once you figure out what you want to do when you're in your senior, your junior, your senior year, and you're just like, dang, I don't have much experience, you know, much lab, ex much research mm -hmm. experience, much lab experience, and that sets you back. And then only I feel that when it's time to apply to masters or PhD programs you're probably just going to be solely on your grades and your GRE instead of your experiences with that's that's even in the lab now that mm -hmm. I work in we're getting new hires and they don't know anything about being in the lab in a, in their graduates so mm -hmm. I'm just like what what's going on where you guys have zero lab experience. I think it's a real issue. Yeah, it seems like there's such a pressure to, yeah. to pro professionalize earlier and earlier. It reminds me of like some memes I've been seeing for millennials. It's like, oh, entry level job for a millennial. You have to have five years experience or you know something like that. It's like, wait, but I just I just graduated. How am I supposed to get this minimum amount of level experience exactly, even though industry exactly. is expecting I know it? I was going through it's undergrad. Sort of funny. And it took me some time before I even figured out what I wanted to do. I didn't figure out what I wanted to do till my last semester of college. And then you're, all of a sudden you're supposed to have all of this experience. So I, told, I, tell, I go back to my high school and I tell kids all the time, you know, college isn't anything to play with. It's super expensive. And if you don't know what you want to do, don't go. <laughs> like, do your do your you know do community college mm -hmm. but don't play around when you're in undergrad i don't I, you have to know what you want to do because you have to be so decisive for your summers what classes you're taking just so that your resume looks good by the time you're out because that's the issue i'm going through yeah yeah so you you're talking about um talking to your old high school and it seems like your passion for science has brought you to do a lot of outreach and actually the way that we got in touch with Brianda was because she is the creator of a YouTube channel fly science uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your work with that and like what was the passion for that yeah. some of the topics you've covered okay so yeah I'm what do you think your audience is school um, I had just tried to drop out and I didn't <laughs> And we were learning, <laughs> we were learning about oh. the kidney, and I was, yeah, I was sitting in class, and I was just like, my people have to know about this. Like the people, when I say my people, I mean <laughs> my age group, and then also, you know, my community, mm -hmm. my race. We have to know about the kidney, and um, mm -hmm. so the, the kidney is. Just Why an is awesome that? Organ. You can learn so much from your analysis. You can know if you have diabetes. You can know if you are you're have a nephritis. You know, an infection with your kidney. Um, anything. The kidney is just so awesome because it filters your blood. It filters everything. <laughs> it's just an awesome organ. Like when you drink, it comes out <laughs> in your pee. Whatever you intake, your pee and your liver are just two kind of organs and people don't first of all I really love when people find like one thing in particular to like I love it's like I'm kidney all day if you talk about the heart I'm Team done kidney. I don't care about the heart the kidney is where it's at I just <laughs> just does not get recognition the way the heart does no. seriously like where are kidneys in I mean, popular who needs culture the heart? but the liver though where, the where are holidays that have cards with kidneys on them just saying <laughs> you know what kidneys they don't get, get the respect that they deserve I feel you right now like, and <laughs> they they'll let do. you know your lower back will hurt, <laughs> and they'll let you know when something's up. Like, She'll give away they a kidney. Anyway, so yeah, so I was just like, <laughs> how can I get this information out to who I need to? And I said, well, maybe I should make a YouTube. And then um, I was like, well, I can't just talk about science in my YouTube. Nobody's going to click on anything me just talking about science so I was like okay I love hip-hop I love mm -hmm. music I love everything about it 
I wish I could be a rapper or a singer, but I'm not. <laughs> I wish. Really? Oh, no, I can't. You're gonna have to rap for us. You know that, right? <laughs> you can. I never had it. It's 2016. We believe in you. So many things have happened this year that we were like, not to happen. So yeah, you I always rap. wanted to be. I wanted to to do. I've been dancing. I'm a classically trained dancer. Yeah, so I needed to Ooh. do something that I could involve everything I love. So I was like, okay, Missy Elliott has hypothyroidism, and T-Boz has, T-Boz has sickle cell anemia. She does. And Easy e died from AIDS, and there's all these people in hip-hop, Fife had diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, all these people in hip-hop with these diseases, and nobody actually knows how they affect the body, anything about that and once you know more you do you do better so that is a really <laughs> great point so I, like, okay. I never thought about that <laughs> I'm just going to talk about hip-hop yeah. people with diseases and then I was like well I gotta look cool doing it so uh-huh. then I was just like I'll wear you know the fashion <laughs> brands that <laughs> the people that are in my my age group like so then I was like, all right, this is going to be fly science. We're talking about hip-hop. I'm 25. What's your age so. group again? Okay, see, I'm really <laughs> asking for, for my, myself personally so I can look at the fashions <laughs> and see how old I really am. Because oh, I think I'm younger in my head than I actually am chronologically. Like, I try to stay up on lingo and stuff. And, you know, well, you know I know how to use the word lit appropriately. <laughs> But I knew you were going to bring up lit. I knew it. How did you know? <laughs> I knew it. How did you know? So that makes you sound super old, about basically, is what you're saying. Stuff, but yeah. You know what, Zine? Fine. You stay in the dark if you want to. I Hey, I knew too. I just like, I just think that you've made lit sort of your thing. But anyway, we should. But I, I really like the idea of like theming it on um, hip hop stars. I'm trying to save content just in case I do get into PhD school. I can still make videos while I'm trying to get through my PhD. So I didn't want to do everything. <laughs> oh no, plenty of people have plenty of diseases. I think you need to figure out how to include Little Wayne in this because and Kanye and and um, Azalea Banks. You so can put I some do mental have illness mental in there. Illness? I do. Okay, Cuddy. I have I've written the treatment for all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get. It's hard. It's hard to. The thing is, when I, eventually I want to start interviewing people that are still alive, so mm-hmm. like T. Boz and Missy Elliott, and talk about their diseases. Yeah. So creator to creator, um, I'm curious how you chose your medium. You know, so there's tons of stuff out there, and you chose YouTube. Why? I just know you two. I get go down the rabbit hole every day. <laughs> that's the only. <laughs> that's the only thing I know that everybody like. Oh, just go look on YouTube. I learned everything mm-hmm. on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I learned I learned how to crochet braid my hair on YouTube. This is yeah. very important. Signs <laughs> uh, like what are crochet braids? Um, <laughs> Why you rolled your eyes at me? You did like that. No, I, I did because I backwards thing. Like I mean, I don't. It's not like I'd be able to crochet. You actually things, could. I, it's really easy. I feel like I've seen some things, but anyway. <laughs> like Cat Black, I think was doing this uh, live stream recently where she was doing her hair. Mm-hmm. But anyway. <laughs> but I was also thinking because I've been like texting with a bunch of friends, the majority of whom. Uh, don't have my kind of hair about hair tips for tonight and they're mostly like Zion you realize that we have very different hair I have no idea what to tell you (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so I was looking at your videos actually Zion and I were both looking at your videos Mm -hmm. and um, I loved your title she gets it from her mama to describe um, to describe genetics I thought that was like a really catchy title and I watched her one about tattoos. So would you like to tell us about the new tattoo that you got? Oh, I've always wanted this tattoo. Mm-hmm. So I decided why not make it a video. I used to watch um, Ink, um, 
like Miami mm-hmm. Ink and LA Ink, mm-hmm. and I love tattoos, and it's just so artsy, mm. and I'm all about art, and we need to tell people, why not use this opportunity to tell people, all right, your skin isn't just, it's a living thing, it's a matrix, like, you should probably know more about your skin, Yeah. so that you won't get duped by, like, you know, these, these, um, makeup brands that say they rejuvenate skin i hate when they say that because everything <laughs> oh yeah the beauty industry is just full of pseudoscience already <laughs> right oh my gosh yeah those poor people buying those rejuvenating they think they're rejuvenating yeah. their skin cells and uh, your whole outer layers yeah dead. putting collagen <laughs> on your skin does not actually recall college it yeah. does not that's not how that works so that sad. said, when I receive, when I when I do why. start getting those things, I might, who knows how I might feel. But Zion and I did a whole yeah. episode on hair on a makeup, and we could do another one just because yes. I like makeup. But anyway, so Zion's a perfect person to talk to you about products. She's really good at finding the good deals and like the the dupes, the dupes. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's good. She I get my info from her sometimes. I was going to, oh, going to say, though. tell people that oil does not hydrate. <laughs> oh, yes. It's an occlusive, not a, a humectant. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the things that these YouTube gurus say. It's just crazy. Well, it's amazing what people can get away with because it's so unregulated. Like, earlier when you were yeah. talking about kidneys, um, I imagine that part of the reason why you felt very passionate about informing people about kidneys is that the language of detoxing is so popular right now. Um, mm-hmm. And everything's like saying, this will help you detox, 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 natural slash unnatural. But really it's like your your kidneys and your liver are doing the majority, of the, like doing the job of doing that detoxing already. Do you want to yes. talk a little bit about yes. that? <laughs> yes, okay. So um, yeah, your kidneys, your kidneys, and, yes, and your liver do detox. Your body does the detoxing for you. This is why your liver can get inflamed when you're, you know, drinking alcohol because it's trying to detox too and you're, you're drinking alcohol. So it gets kind of inflamed when you do that. But um, all of these detox teas and stuff, they're, they're just, it's just sugar. You're drinking sugar and your body has to filter that. Your kidneys have to filter that out. Or your body doesn't, you increase your blood sugar, which does bad things for your kidneys, which can cause you to have diabetes. And people don't think about that when they're drinking these fruit smoothies and stuff like that. It's really about the sugar content. It's not about the fake sugar versus real sugar, I guess. Uh huh. So it's just a lot of a lot of misinformation. And so, do there. detox teas actually help with detoxing, or it's just you could just drink water? And that would detox you, your body. You should just, your body already detoxes. That's just its function is to detox. So you adding anything doesn't help you detox. You should just drink water if you feel that you've been drinking too much or mm. something or you feel groggy. Just drink water. Um, also, I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't really, I'm not licensed to like, but you are an oh, expert on pee. You love the because yes, you your day job <laughs> is all about checking out pee. So I was I was watching this one documentary. I forgot what it's called. It's on Netflix. It's about sugar. But they were saying how chia chia uh-huh. seeds do some sort of detoxing and leaves like basil and um, spinach and collards do some sort of detoxing. But I don't know how much. I haven't looked into it, but I, I wouldn't understand. How. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I think <laughs> taking in fiber just helps clean your co- cleanse your colon because it's pushing mm-hmm. more things out that, you know, having a healthy mm-hmm. diet with lots of fiber is very useful. That's the best thing you can do for your body. One of the best things. This is talking about poop. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the poop. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, really, really mature, that's all. (laughs) Yeah, actually, um, it's a little side note, but I'm currently writing an iCook protocol. So if you work with any animals and your research, you have to write a protocol and have it approved by a board. 
that makes sure that you're doing things in a humane and way that abides by all the laws. And so I'm using, I'm actually studying colorectal cancer. And as such, obviously I have to work with the colon and the rectum. And I'm just kind of coming to terms of what that means I'll have to be doing and what kind of fluids mm. and things I will have to deal with. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I had to uh, work with poop. It's not fun. <laughs> Especially when it's liquidy. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to cut this part out. <laughs> I was going to say, Liz, it also reminded me of the time I visited your lab and there was that sign over the sink, like no poop in the sink or something like that. Yeah. I mean, mice poop. They just do, especially if if they're nervous. <laughs> it's kind of funny how I think about it. But if you if they're really nervous, they just start pooping, like three pellets at a time or something. Just poop, 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 poop. They have very fast metabolism. So, and if you pick them up, um, they get scared too. So, unless they are used to being touched. Yeah, that wasn't necessary, had, but oh. yeah. Oh. Oh, dear I God. Wait. Um, so, this is all talking about fly science and about the outreach that you do. And, and actually, maybe that's a good question to ask next. So, you have the YouTube videos. And what do you do with it? How do you get your your YouTube videos out to people? Um, I tweet them out. Um, right now, nobody knows that I have a YouTube. My parents don't know, and my friends. Don't why not? I'm living. But I thought I saw, I I thought know, I saw these other people it. in your videos. I assume that yeah. Oh no! I have like I told one of my coworkers, but I made her swear not to tell anybody else. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and you know you're person. the podcast now. I know, I know, I know, but nobody I know listens because they don't. I guess they don't listen to podcasts. I guess I don't know, but um, nobody knows because I guess I was just nervous and I didn't want. I didn't want those comments like oh she's trying to start a youtube and oh, look at her and this this and that I'm, I'm not really around too many positive people so mm. about science at least like mm. and plus the fact that i'm adding fashion and music is a big oh she thinks she can dress it's just i didn't want to hear any of that so i just wanted to get there so it seems like it's also like science outreach, but like really important, like creative, uh, uh, yeah, a creative outlet for you as well. Cause I was going to say that like, it also like looking at your videos, like obviously you're teaching yourself so much about editing and mm -hmm. style and other things like that. Like, did you ever have a background in learning about how to, how to edit or how to do like, like um, any sort of visual design or anything like that? Or is that something you're teaching yourself? I'm teaching myself. I learned everything on YouTube. I bought <laughs> <It's> full circle. <laughs> I, you know, I immediately got out of the program and I knew I wanted to do this. As soon as I got my job, I bought a camera and then next paycheck, I bought a Surface, a H, um, a Microsoft Surface. Mm -hmm. That's what mm -hmm. I'm using right now. And I bought an editing program and ever since then, my videos have been, you know, the first two, I think, were on my cell phone. And I, just got that cell phone uh, 2015 on my birthday. Yeah, I think um, the movie Tangerine was actually shot all in cell phones. Yes. And got like yeah. a lot of amazing awards. Um, I don't want to let the moment pass. I want to tell you that you should be encouraged. And I think it's always hard to put your content out, but you have to do it. And you're going to be surprised by the response. Okay. Yeah, like we we were so scared to put out our first episode, mm -hmm. um, and we were just so nervous. And then finally, one of our friends was just like, "You just have to just do it. You have to just start doing it and putting it out." Yeah, we're like fine, Dexter. Yeah, and there were definitely times where I would we would record, and I would think, "God, we just spoke for like maybe forty minutes, and nobody's gonna like what we have to say." It's like Zion, we talk all the time. This is just a normal conversation that we're having. And I remember that we actually listened to it with some of our friends in the same room. And it's also getting over hearing your own voice and just feeling yeah, like really cheesy so about painful. like the things that you say. And I have to admit that most times out of 
most times than not, I left there going, oh, that sounded good. We had a lot of good things to say and we're valuable and important. So I would encourage you to think this feels new, this feels weird, but it's not because what you say isn't important. It's because no one's done it before and you don't have anything to base yourself off of. So I know for me, like when I think of my fears, I try to context my fears and repackage them into something that encourages me to keep moving forward. So you're doing something and basically your job is to get the your job is to keep doing what you do, keep getting better at it until the world recognizes that they actually needed you all along because they will. Okay. And also the other thing I would add is that experience is the only way to really get better. You can go to leadership mm -hmm. school all you so want, painful. but it's not until you become a, a president or you have some sort of role it's not until you have to work with people and try to get solutions done that you actually gain that experience. And it doesn't matter how many classes you took on it. And same with podcasting or the same with making videos. The more you do it, the better you're going to get. So enjoy this time where you may not have a lot of people supposedly looking at your videos because you're going to get better in this period. And for the love of God, if no one's going to like your stuff, your mother will. Or they should. Yeah, that's for sure. For the love of God, Jesus, all of the Buddha, you know, Abraham, just do it. Jehovah, all of them. Well, thank you. Stars. I, was also, I do. I was also going to applaud you because, like, I feel like doing a podcast is sort of nerve-wracking enough to hear about your voice. But, like, if Liz and I also had to think about our visuals, oh, my God, <laughs> that would be so stressful. And yet you're already at this early stage doing all that, which I think is really commendable. And I, like... Maybe you need to hear it from, from us first, from anyone else, but like, it is such a huge step and you're already doing it. That's great. So thank yeah. you guys. I Tell your friends. Share, I share my videos. I share them on um, Twitter. So let's say I did, I did a video about Jay Dilla. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Jay Dilla. Mm -mm. He's a very influential producer who died of TTP back in like, I don't mm. remember the date he died. But he's he worked with like Erica Badu, The Roots, and I might mm. remember him actually. Yeah, I think he's from Detroit. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, he was very close with Erica Badu, so I was trying to get her to look at my video. <laughs> but that's mm -hmm. that's like that's a video for hip hop heads. So I tweet that video out to all the hip hop people all the hip-hop blogs and stuff and people do give me feedback on that people that I want to get in with so I do tweet them out depending on the content to people who I want to see them to see the content I tweeted one of my videos out to this rapper called Vince Staples and then he retweeted it and it got like a hundred views and that's before mm -hmm. I got my new camera and I got yeah, such positive feedback on that and I met him, and he was like, I met him at Complex Con like a couple weeks ago, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll work with you and stuff like that." So, hopefully, yeah, I'm really excited. That's exciting. So you have the ability. You absolutely have the ability to advocate for yourself. But I think okay. that you're don't put yourself in a hole. Don't. Um, okay. <laughs> Recognize an excuse yeah, when you hear it coming out of your mouth. I would if I <laughs> promoted it on my personal Instagram and stuff like that, but I guess I'm just, yeah, you're right. I'm making excuses. <laughs> yeah, because you never know. They can yeah, know somebody. Yeah, be proud of your work. They know somebody. I was wondering, um, are there particular science communicators or just communicators on YouTube that you find yourself inspired by like are you inspired by classics like you know Carl Sagan's Cosmos or like David Suzuki or is it like um like inspired by like um, newer things like drunk history or thug notes yeah. or um like what sort of approach to outreach science or otherwise inspires you or are there were there things documentaries growing up that you really enjoyed that have influenced the okay, way that you so... present yourself for fly science <laughs> yeah um, no. <laughs> um, Ooh, we're predictable. 
I don't I don't, don't want to sound cocky or anything, but okay. So growing up, I never had any inspirations. It. it was I was inspired to be the woman who I wanted to be in the future. So it was always me that I was inspired by because nobody else around me there was there wasn't any black women in science. Mm. Just like the case with mm-hmm. the hidden figures. Mm. Have you guys I, you guys talked about hidden, hidden figures on your podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I have I'll the book. I have not read oh, it yet. It's okay. Sign, have you read it? Um, but it was the no. lady that created <laughs> She was around these <laughs> anyway. that she, she was familiar with them. But that wasn't the case for me when I was growing up. I mean, on TV, there was science on TV. There's Bill Nye, who, which was cool. But... <laughs> uh, I want to meet him one day. Mm-hmm. Um, Cornell? But there wasn't anybody like me. You know, yes. I pulled, I guess I pulled <laughs> inspirations from, I guess it would be Bill Nye and then Aaliyah and Left Eye, you know. But imagine, I figured, I guess me is a combination of all three of those. Things. Really? Mm. So there, there's nobody like that. There's no cool. Mm woman yeah. that's in these you know on BET or with these hip hop people or in that culture at all that's into science that that's their main thing so yeah the way people think of scientists and I'm sorry but they do the way Bill Nye white is male with white hair <laughs> a crazy you know and I want to change that I want to I want mm-hmm science to be reintroduced into popular culture just like it was when I was younger Bill Nye made it cool I remember watching the episode and he redid um Chasing Waterfalls no whoa okay we gotta find this yeah he did it (laughs) wow he did it but it was like don't go chase volcanoes (laughs) or something like that oh okay the PSA is that it was no go chase no it was don't go chasing lava flows and he was just telling us about it wasn't him that did it. It was three girls. Uh-huh. It was pretty cool. Okay. Huh. Like, I'll, I'll take your record. And I was just wow. like, <laughs> and I was like we, I, we need a new age Bill Nye. We need me. We need Brianna Beverly mm. out here, you know, doing this hip-hop thing. I'm a sneakerhead. I love sneakers. I love hip-hop. Anything in that culture. I love music. Any, all types of music. I'm also a classically trained dancer. I also want to show this is what going through the school system has made me. In school, you had to, the pressure was on my age group to be a part of an extracurricular, be good in school, have a job, doing all these things, and this is what you made me. So I want to show that to popular culture. Mm-hmm. That's very powerful. I, I like that. And I want to, I hope you know at this point that you're not alone in being, you know, being a black person and a woman who wants to promote science. And there's so many, there's a few, there's few of us, but we are becoming more present. And I think outlets like Twitter and YouTube and Facebook, SoundCloud are making us become more visible or allowing us to have our voices be heard. I could call you not so hidden figures. Oh, oh Zine, pun. <laughs> oh my gosh, when I Was got that on pun? Twitter and then I started following Vanguard, Vanguard STEM, STEM and all mm-hmm. these people, I was just like, what? If I would have had this in undergrad, I would have had so much more confidence. Mm-hmm. I would have. This would have been like, okay, I can do this. But you know, that wasn't there for me when I was going through school. And I'm so happy that there's this black community this black women community in STEM like I'm so glad I found you guys mm-hmm. it's it's just awesome I wish I would have had that yeah. when I was going through school so tell me what's next for you then the awesome community what are you up to now? okay I just applied to um PhD program so I'll be hearing about that in January oh my god yeah good luck <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I can get in. But I do have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm actually at this fork in the road where it's either get your get your PhD or I could go and pursue this fly science thing for real, for real. And I was wondering if I don't get into the PhD school, would I still be legitimized in pursuing a you know science communicator edu like career? If I don't have my PhD, <laughs> if I don't have my PhD, mm -hmm. the things that come out of my mouth will people be, feel confident enough with me just having a bachelor's? That's true. Hmm. And doing science outreach. Yeah. So like just saying science facts. I know uh, Bill Nye doesn't have a PhD. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was trying to like look it up to verify that, but I would also, obviously it hasn't impacted him at all. You know, we did a podcast earlier this year with Sarah McSorley, McSorley and she is um, the director of a learning center at Wesleyan College, I believe. And her whole stick is science outreach. Um, she started off with a science degree. I think she studied marine biology. Yes, and yes. She realized at a certain point that, hey, she loves science, but she doesn't want to do science. And so she actually changed careers and she does science. <laughs> she does science outreach. Well, science outreach she actually yeah. got an MBA afterwards, but she directs a center and she does outreach. And she also, so part of the plug of her being on the podcast is she is now doing a women of, well, a women scientist coloring book. So super cool scientist. Mm -hmm and just highlighting women who are doing science. And actually, I'm featured in the, the coloring book. I can't wait to draw myself in. <laughs> I'm trying to pick the crayon that best reflects my my hue. Um, <laughs> but that's what I'm doing when I'm not on the podcast. But I just want to say that, yes, you can do science outreach. And there are people who are very happily and successfully doing science outreach. And I think your question is a valid one. Although our podcast is called PhDivas, most of the people we interview have PhDs, but there's also a spectrum. There are people in the pipeline who are thinking about PhDs or some people who may not want PhDs, but are dedicated to the path of educating people and furthering um, a field. Yeah. And that's or valid. Some, even some people who decided that going the academic route wasn't exactly. for them, even when they're in the PhD. Mm -hmm. I will say that like one else thing to consider is that on the one hand, obviously being a woman in science and being a black woman in science is is difficult because, um, and so like the PhD may feel like a form of validation, but also if you think practically, like you could only get your PhD in one field, but it sounds Most from, like, from the <laughs> lecture, like you wanna do so many different types of science. Like you yeah. wanna just do cover a lot of different types of science. So like you also can't like chase the type of respectability politics of like, you have to get the mm -hmm. like the right jump through the right hoops for everything, because in a way that to a certain extent is false, um, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Like, like I don't think that you should, like I think that getting to a place where you yourself are confident enough is important, and doing the research for yourself when you present those things. But if you're going to be trying to chase credentials, um, that's not in itself going to be like rewarding enough or yeah, um, I think it also depends like what you want to do with the, the PhD because is the PhD the best way to do science communication? Perhaps not. Mm, okay, because this is but my Liz, ultimate. I agree goal with you, is To have the the science TV show that I want. Uh -huh. That's my ultimate goal. Hmm. But I really do love research and science and wet lab science and everything like that. I love being in the lab. I, my job requires me to be in the lab 10 hours, four days a week. And I love it. I couldn't, I love being in the lab. <laughs> so I do want to do research and stuff, but I feel I found this career and I kind of, I want to, I really want to pursue that. And I know I can do it. I know I'm going to have my science TV show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think the I conundrum that you're facing is one that many people face. Um, thinking about whether they want to do the, they have a job they want to do. Do I need the PhD for that? Or the reverse, I want a PhD, 
but is that going to get me a job? <laughs> is there going to be something waiting for me out, out of that? Can I make this a sustainable career of some sort? So these are great questions to have. I agree with Zine. It is very important to make sure that you keep what you want to do centered and what keep your goals centered and whatever academic things you do later on. Um, don't just go chase a degree, right? Don't think, oh, I have a biology undergrad, so, and everyone tells me I need a higher, higher degree, and that's why I'm going to go with the higher degree, even though I do understand the pressures behind that and how there are some realities to that in some fields. But it sounds like you've got a plan. It sounds like you just need mm-hmm. a push, like you just need a someone to say, Yes, you're on the right path. Yes, you can do this. Yes, you can do this. <laughs> so, oh, you guys are so awesome. We try. Yeah, we try. <laughs> this is this is also stuff we have to say to ourselves. Yeah, also, absolutely. To let you know. <laughs> can I just tell you guys? Okay, Liz, I love your speaking voice. <laughs> Sorry, it's like I, I still laugh. It's like a pillow every time. Like Aww. you're so comforting. Oh. <laughs> and Zine, I love your name, and you're cool for your PhD too. Yay! Thank you. I was telling her no, about you, are, you. Okay, Zine, Zine, you use these words that I wish I had in my word bank. <laughs> oh my God! High five because I feel the same way every time. Oh my God! Like okay, I'm, you know what? No, keep keep praising us. But I have a story for you. Okay. <laughs> I was also gonna say that I feel like this, Liz, this is really good for you to hear because Liz is very self conscious sometimes. Like you're always like, my voice is too high, really and often like like every um, couple of weeks we like send each other text like, I like your voice better. No, I like your true. voice. I want better. some bass in my voice. Liz, no, no, want no, some no, bass, Liz. You know, Liz, some bass. Listen, do you listen to um? Oh my gosh, what is it called? The Friend Zone? The Friend Zone? That I have heard of it, and I think I have not. Maybe one episode or something. You sound like Hey Friend, Hey. <gasps> All right, I'm going to look this up now. Because I like okay. I listen, I know about crystals. I know about crystals. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, I will listen to this. Yes, you sound like her, and oh. she's comforting, too. And I, I wish my speaking voice was like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had someone say they wish my speaking voice was like my voice. So I am very touched and I will remember this. I will loop this part of the conversation. I know. And if you ever complain about your voice again, Liz, I'll be like, listen back to this episode because we have evidence. Citation. Citation. Don't hold this against me. To this part of the podcast and just play it when you feel down. Right. Well, (laughs) Zion, I'm just going to bring up how you do say words that are out of the normal lexicon. Um, (laughs) I know. People tell me that. (laughs) She's rolling her eyes at me. Zion is the queen of eye eye and head roll. She's just got it. Anyway, Brianna, there's this one conversation we were having. I don't even remember the word anymore, but she said it, and I legit went to Google and define put it in there and i was like oh okay i got you i feel you and then i was like yeah i agree with something <laughs> it was it was hilarious I'm like, i don't know i feel real stupid right now i don't know what you no. just said we have different we have different areas of knowledge which is why our friendship works <laughs> it really does it's a really cool um dynamic like science and then English. I think it covers a majority of bases. So. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I feel like this has been a wonderful conversation, Brianda. I'm so happy that you joined us and we can't wait to tell everyone about Fly Science and how you can find it on YouTube and on Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on Tumblr. And on, t- and on Tumblr. Tumblr. My God. I was going to say that um, since you did talk about that your inspirations are Bill Nye, Aaliyah, and Left Eye. I sort of had this image in my mind that eventually you have to bring all their style mm-hmm. together. Oh, yeah. So like you're going to be like wearing like Aaliyah's like sportiness. You're going to be wearing like Bill Nye's bow tie, and you'll be ha- you'll have the thing under your eye at the same time, and that'll be like the meeting. And hopefully people things. don't think you're a pirate. 
<laughs> it wouldn't with a bow tie though. It wouldn't with a bow tie. It wouldn't be so much like that. It would be if it was a combination of all three, it would be the fact that I do know science. That would be the Bill Nye. And then I would dress like mm-hmm. Aaliyah, but then I probably would act like left eye or something like that. Mm. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to see this well, thank you so happen. Much, thank you so much for mm-hmm. being on the podcast. I'm glad to. We look forward to all the new stuff that will be coming your way and drawing more people to check out Fly Science and watching you develop. And good luck with your application, too. Yeah, tell us, definitely follow up and tell us what happens. Please also follow us on our social medias at Twitter and SoundCloud and Facebook at the hashtag or the at sign PhD This Podcast. So again, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We love you. We appreciate you. And we hope that you continue to find our voices soothing and our rants and our speeches educational. Mm -hmm. Peace. Yeah. Bye.